0: This episode of the Upper Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane. Bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey, the Canadian way, without an e. You understand.
1: It just takes-
0: Hi, I'm Tom Zalatnai, and you're listening to episode 300 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Every week, we tackle a different ingredient, dish, or style of cuisine, sharing our favorite recipes and learning from our wonderful guests. Today, we're talking all about comfort food, because what better way to celebrate 300 episodes of a show than by talking about the foods that make us comfortable and make us feel good? Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important to remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. With American Thanksgiving having just happened, uh, I have been thinking a lot about this for uh, probably obvious reasons, but also one of the other shows that I produce, Canada's Young Leaders, just recently did an episode all about how it's really a good idea to listen to Indigenous peoples when it comes to... Uh, climate change and how to combat climate change because they know what they're talking about. So I would actually encourage you to go give that episode a listen if you get the chance. Canada's Young Leaders, again, is the title of that show. So yeah, I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the Indigenous communities of that area. So, we've got a super cozy episode lined up for you today. To celebrate our 300th episode, I'm bringing in the big guns. First, I'll be talking to longtime friend of the show, Julian McKenzie, to reflect on this crazy five-year journey and learn about his favorite comfort food, chips. He'll share his picks for top five chips of all time, which, frankly, is pretty controversial, but you know what? I respect it. And in the second half of the show, I'll be talking to Simon Peltier, who you might remember was one of my original co-hosts on the show, like... Back in the first episode, till not that long ago, honestly. We'll catch up about what he's been up to during lockdown, and hear about his newfound passion for baking bread. Before we start the show, I do want to let you know that this show couldn't and wouldn't have released the past 299 episodes, and the frankly large number of bonus episodes that make the numbers far, far higher than 300, without all of the help that we've gotten from supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to become one of them, you can help make the show even better going forward by heading to patreon.com slash Up for Discussion and pledging as little as a dollar. Okay, without further ado, let's get into episode 300 of Up for Discussion. Comfort food. So, uh, my first guest on this, the 300th episode of Up for Discussion, is a longtime friend of the show. I think the second guest we ever had, like 290-something episodes ago, my wonderful sons wonderful godfather one of my very closest friends in the whole wide world you might know him from the scrum podcast the sports journalism podcast that he co-hosts with tristan damour that is about to have its 100th episode uh any week now which is exciting uh you also might know him as a montreal-based uh journalist the weatherman on ctv and so much more give a uh, up for discussion, distanced round of applause, I guess, to Julian McKenzie. Welcome back.
2: Hey, thanks for having me back. And Tom, <laughs> congratulations on your show reaching 300 episodes. That is a a milestone that is incredible. I think for for anyone in this podcast, hearing, you should be proud of yourself for the brand that you've been able to put up for yourself. And I know there's been changes here and there with it, but you've done an amazing job with it. So I just want to wish you congratulations on that.
0: Thanks so much. It's, uh, it's weird because I like... So obviously this is not like actually the three hundredth episode. It's just the three it's just episode three hundred. Like, you know, like I've put out so much bonus content over the years Mm -hmm. that I'm kind of like like this is the three hundred and thirty third, in fact, which is also a thing, I guess. Whoa. Like that's
2: triple threes.
0: Yeah, like looking at how many tracks we have on SoundCloud now, this is three thirty three, I think so like that's also exciting but it kind of like takes a little bit of the like fun out of this being episode 300 because I'm like yeah but like I've done so much more anyway but it is exciting. I don't know about that you could just you can at least
2: just I mean I think the fact that you're still propping up the fact that's episode 300 there are some people who are going to be like oh it's 300 they're not going to think about the 33 other episodes that count as bonus content. (laughs) Yeah exactly. uh, Take your shine man don't don't take any shine off this man can take the congratulations enjoy it. it
0: celebrate yourself. That's it it is it is worth celebrating reading either way uh yeah it's exciting and you guys are about to hit episode 100 i think two weeks after this comes out if my math is right
2: i think so yeah i i think uh at the rate that we've been putting out podcast episodes and uh like the last few weeks we've we've had a pretty good run with stuff kind of coming in consistently Mm i I, i'm willing to wager uh the 100th episode should be on its way and we have some pretty (laughs) special plans for that but uh I'll leave that to to your imagination to figure out what we're going to do for that.
0: Sweet. Well, I'm excited to hear it. I, uh, Yeah, every time a show hits 100, it's always kind of like, that's like the first like real milestone, you know? Like mm-hmm. you can celebrate like one year anniversaries or whatever, but when you hit 100, that's the spot where it's kind of like, oh, cool, like this is, like we just did it, you know? We, we reached 100 of something.
2: Yeah, like, and the coolest thing, especially with podcasting, is that like everyone expects to get into, the, into it and they look at all these other podcasters who are doing super well and there are so many celebrities who get into it now like we're at a point where the host of Fear Factor is arguably like the most famous podcaster in the world which is still strange to me yeah. but I think for people who try to get into that sphere into that, into that into that world it's like oh man like I don't know if I'm able to do it I'm able to, 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 to make this work or be as successful and even if you don't reach Joe Rogan's platform which I mean depending on how you feel about him I mean you might like you might not you know if you the more you do it the more the, the better you'll get at, at being a podcaster and along the way you'll learn a lot about how you're recording and, and other sides of the business to it so when you get to 100 even if your your show is not the most successful in the world or just a show that you really just like to do like getting to 100 is a is a crazy accomplishment so in your case getting to 300 is amazing like you've been at you're pretty much like a podcast master as far as i'm concerned well I because you've like run and- so many shows you produce so many shows you host all this content like you should be teaching <laughs> podcasting classes at this point like seriously you should
0: yeah I, and uh i i am a little bit it's it's uh i do it kind of on a, a commission base like i don't have like a course out there but i definitely have had people hire me to like consult on things um for what it's worth with joe rogan uh <laughs>
2: I think oh, the guy's uh... yeah, I'm not allowed to mention Joe Rogan.
0: Oh, no, you can mention him. I just have to take every opportunity to remind people that he's a scumbag and a bigot and a transphobe and a shitty person who gives platform yeah. to people who espout dangerous, toxic ideas. So anytime yeah. he comes up on my show, I like to remind people that uh, Joe Rogan's a piece of shit and you shouldn't listen to him
2: that's all i just want to say i just want to say uh when i mentioned joe rogan it is not an endorsement of his views <laughs> or anything like that it's just to point out how uh just to point out his notoriety because oh, there no, are no, a lot no, of people sure. who go on to i just want that clear <laughs> with joe rogan
0: yeah that's fair i know you well enough to know that that's the direction you were going in but it's probably yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just want to make sure <laughs> Okay, so Julian, uh, this is the first time you're on the show since we switched to a food podcast. I think this is the first time, like you weren't on uh, during Munch Madness last year either. So this is like, I don't know if you've ever been on an episode that was strictly about food. The last
2: time I was on an episode with you, I don't even know, was it an official episode? It was the International Podcast Day show? That can't have the been one the last you. time. It's been a long time. No, It's been a really long time.
0: No, no, because you were on with Akeem once and that was after that
2: oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah it hasn't been that long and, uh, okay.
0: yeah yeah so it's it's been it's been less than a year at least when you said po- international podcast day i was like hang on that was like two septembers ago this can't be right
2: <laughs> i listened to that episode the other day man and like i laughed the whole time it was, it was still one of the funniest it was probably <laughs> probably the greatest podcast i've ever done with you and and, and tever and can it's like that was the like the most fun it was like an hour or whatever that was like one of the most fun experiences i've ever had that anyway.
0: was that that episode actually kind of was part of my inspiration for taking the show in the direction that i took it in now weirdly um because i so for a little peek behind the curtain which i feel like is okay every once in a while you yeah. get meta especially on a uh on a milestone episode i kind of what prompted me switching the show's format to be entirely about food was actually thinking about that international podcast day episode which if people haven't listened to it you should it it was very fun Uh, i'll pull up the episode number in a minute um but the that episode each of the four of us uh brought a segment and that segment was uh oh you know what that episode didn't even have a number attached to it so (laughs) So, it's one of of the 33 bonus ones uh that was uh back two years ago now yeah uh so I can't even tell you what number to look for, just look for it. Uh was it really it two years ago? <clears throat> yeah, it was uh because it was before Toby was born. It was when Teffer was pregnant with Toby. Oh my goodness. Yeah, 2018. But yeah, so thinking about that episode, Did the way it? that we structured it was that each of the four of us prepared a segment and brought it in. And uh something about that from a production level was really fun for me. And uh I tried to do that with up for discussion over the summer, and uh all of my co-hosts were super busy, so it really fell through, and I was like, okay. I guess I will just switch this to something where I am comfortable hosting solo for the like foreseeable future. Cause I think until the pandemic is over, it's like not possible for me to, to get my team together in a way that like works, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I was like, okay, that's fine. My co-hosts will come and go and I will just produce this thing and I will run it solo as much as I need to until people can be in the room with me again. And then I'll kind of like <laughs> rebuild from there. Um, And so, like, this show very much is what it is right now because of that International Podcast Day episode, because it made me realize my favorite way to do podcasts is to, like, make sure that everyone I'm talking to is, like, excited about the thing that we're talking about in that segment, which, like, seems like a wildly obvious thing to realize 300 episodes in, but, like, you know, sometimes we figure things out as we go.
2: (laughs) that's that's the beauty of podcasting man and, and I, I mean not to talk about the episode again but i will again because it was it was just really fun and, and really amazing to do and, and to have all those different and the cool thing that i like always liked about your show i uh, you've had all these different casting characters come in and and either guest host or or host for a certain amount of episodes and you've just remained that one constant so mm. I don't know it, it's it's cool to see that there's all these different ebbs and flows and, and changes i know some people like stability and like consistency and having like the same host for a certain amount of episodes i mean you mm-hmm. can even go back on the scrum i know it's tristan and i but there's been episodes where like i'm not there or tristan's sure. not there and either i've done it myself or we've had Ahmad come coming or alex perez i think we even had like a harrison Rat jason What's the they were that podcast that Tristan and Harrison had, like about the young pope or something like that? I don't know. Oh my god, it was so long ago, yeah. That was a lot, that was was at least more than two years ago. But all that to say, like the fact that you were able to steady the ship with all the different people coming in and Mm -hmm. off the ship, you know, that's still really incredible to see. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's it's okay that people will come and go, but Mm -hmm. as long as you're able to keep the ship going, nothing wrong with that.
0: That's it. That's kind of been my attitude is like, I like to have a rotating cast a little bit. Now I like when the the cast can stick around for like a long chunk. you know, like if someone can be here for at least six months, I feel good about it. If someone's here for less than that, I'm kind of like, Oh, that was a a miss. But like, you know, I I don't mind having people kind of coming and going. Um, But I think that once we kind of restructure things, once, the world opens up again i'm gonna hire people less just as co-hosts and more as co-producers
2: but anyway Ooh, that'll that'll that come sounds like a call out for people if you like the show yeah. you want to be on it yeah. when do you when do you think you'll have people i mean this is something you could always just play back in like a month or two and be like, well, that was off, or mm, that was a uh, good foresight. When do you think you'll have people back in your studio again? Oh my God.
0: I'm, uh, I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic that it'll be by this time next year. Cause like, there's, you know, look, we don't, we don't always have to talk about the fucking pandemic, right? But the reality is we're in a pandemic. I think, um, there's like, uh, there's vaccines, right, currently being developed, et cetera, et cetera that sound yeah. promising and sound like they'll be ready. You know, I think Pfizer was saying by the end of this year, they'll have a small batch and then like a few months later, they'll have more. I'm hearing all these different things that are like generally positive in terms of vaccines, but I'm not going to get my hopes up too much. So my policy this whole pandemic has been whatever the most optimistic thing that I hear from like the news is, I'm going to add six months to that. And assume it'll be at least six extra months um good. <laughs> so you know in March I thought we'd be done by now but then in like July I thought maybe we'd be done by Christmas and uh I'm I'm basically I'm not gonna get my hopes up too much that it'll be before like next fall but I feel like reasonably optimistic saying next fall I don't know
2: yeah I'm with you on that I'm, I'm trying to be as cautiously optimistic as I can as well I think the fact that uh, as the pandemic was, was really going through in the last six or seven months, uh, people still found ways to have businesses and sports leagues be open. Right. So that just tells me that capitalism will still reign supreme even <laughs> in a pandemic that we haven't seen in the likes of about 100 years. So right. uh, that tells me that, uh, you know, if once the vaccine shows up, I think uh, that will also kind of play into it as well, which means I probably won't get an opportunity to be vaccinated for about like, I'm going to say about three, four months until it's officially kind of out there. And maybe that's optimistic, but maybe that's also, uh, maybe it's also not, I don't know. I I think that by next year, though, 2021, that's the year when we're going to start to see people be vaccinated. That's Mm -hmm. when we're going to start to know how viable it is. But I think we're still going to have to go through another year, another year or two of people kind of living with it. And also, uh, like, all the rules and regulations of going into places with masks and stuff like that. Like, we're going to have to deal with that for a while.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would honestly be fine with us still, like, even if we get a vaccine widely distributed by this time next year and the pandemic is entirely eradicated I would still be on board with people having to wear masks into stores just like for the foreseeable future honestly because I I think that it like it doesn't hurt you know like you know make you can make the case that some people have trouble breathing with them on but like that's a small segment of the population and overall like it just reduces the spread of viruses not just the pandemic like cold and flu viruses as well so like I don't see why not, you know?
2: Yeah. I don't know. Just anything to keep people safe, right? At the end of the day, like, you know, there are a lot of, I mean, not everybody has older folks they still live with. I know a lot of people, they come into Montreal, they come from different cities, they live on their own, but Mm. we just have to kind of look out for each other and kind of care for each other and, and, uh, you know, realize that we shouldn't be so selfish and just understand we're doing this for the greater good at the end of the day, right? Like you have kids, like, you know, I wouldn't, I would hate to be reckless around you, uh, just because I want to live life without a mask, you know what I'm saying? So right. I don't know. I just hope more people. I mean, to be to be optimistic about the world is kind of <sighs> yeah, the world has proven us wrong so many times. <laughs> but I still have faith that people can see that it's worth wearing masks, it's worth protecting others, and it's worth quarantining, and it's worth you know. I get it. People want to go for walks and stuff and see people, but I hope people can you know respect the fact that we still need to be safe
0: that's it and i i you know it's really not too much to ask that the people who do want to see people do it in the safest way as possible you know like come on it's not it's Seriously. not that hard and if you're not putting in an effort you're lazy hot take maybe not even a hot take it's kind of a lukewarm take because i feel like people have been saying it for so long but like it's lazy to know, not man. practice pandemic safety that's all <laughs> Um, I'm sorry for derailing all
2: of your food questions.
0: It's okay, you know. It's a little bit on topic because I thought it would be fun today. So so for a little peek behind the curtain, this being our 300th episode, I wanted to get guests on who like have a really long-standing relationship with the show. And I think that the thing that is cool about guests coming back who have been around for a long time is that there is a sort of familiarity and a comfort To that, right? And uh, so I thought, you know, in the spirit of comfort and in the spirit of us being in a generally uncomfortable period of time, (laughs) uh, I thought it would be fun today to talk about comfort food. Um, And so, you know, starting the episode off by talking about, you know, the fact that we're in a pandemic actually kind of segues well into this. So don't even worry about it. Um, But yeah, Julian. What is your uh, yes. what is your go-to comfort food? And I guess also kind of leading into that, what's your overall relationship with comfort food?
2: Man, that's a tough question because <laughs> I think there are so many things about food that I like. There are so many foods I, I like. I mean, I think I'm a pickier eater than I give myself credit for, but I also like what I like. Sure. I guess it depends on the situation. I remember uh, when I was in school, and I was working at the school newspaper, The Link Newspaper, and I remember an afternoon or an evening, or I, remember feel, or I remember I just felt really stressed out. I had a lot of classes going on at the time, and I was trying to juggle my work at the newspaper, my work for the school radio station, CJLO, and the internships I was doing at the same time. I think I was probably still doing it. Yeah, I think I was. Um, just at that time, I was just... I think also at that point as well, I was looking to apply to go to grad school in the state. So I just had all these different things going on. And I remember just kind of being in my office and just being like, you know, just kind of alone, in my thoughts, and just kind of stressing out. My editor-in-chief at the time, Michelle Pucci, came into the room. She like, "Are you alright?" Like she came in to check on me. And I remember just looking at her and be like, "Man, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm just down bad right now. I'm just going through it." And she was like, "Do you need me to get you anything?" And without hesitation, I said, "I want a big bag of Doritos. <laughs> I want a big bag of Doritos." And she came through. She came through with a big bag of Doritos. I'm trying to remember if they were the regular brand or the purple. What's the? Is that barbecue? Yeah, I think. barbecue. Uh, my sister is also in the room with me as I record, and she just nodded her head, being like, "Yes, it is the purple barbecue <laughs> ones." So, yeah, I, I think for me, in terms of comfort food, uh, if I put, to, I think it's, it's hard for me to stop at just one thing. But if I'm putting together a list, which I don't know if we'll do on this show, but hey, why not? Uh, you, I have to start with Doritos. Whether it's a small bag, where I don't, maybe eating a big bag in one sitting, that's not good for your stomach. Because if they're not that's all you eat, you know, your stomach, so you're you gonna start feeling. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So uh, Doritos for me in terms of comfort food, that's 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 on my list. You know that's on my f- list. It has to be there.
0: You know what's funny? I, you said that, and I immediately was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense because I think that I. When I think about you with food, like apart from times when we've intentionally eaten food together, most of the time that I've seen you with food, you've had a bag of Doritos. Like if you, you know, back when you used to record at our studio, you would come in with a bag of Doritos like kind of every other week, like it was it was the food that I saw you <laughs> with. <laughs> and like that makes a lot of sense oh to God. me as a comfort food. Yeah.
2: I think I get it from my grandfather because every time I went over to my my grandparents' house, uh, or to my grandfather's office, without fail, he would have a at least one or two bags of chips. Not necessarily Doritos. Sometimes he'd have Doritos if he knew I was coming, but he always, always had chips. He always had chips. I could go, I could go to my grandparents' kitchen, walk in, and look atop the fridge. There's a basket, and there are at least one or two bags of chips. There will also be Raisin Bran on top of that fridge or in the pantry next to it, but there will definitely be a bag of chips. And I would look at that bag of chips and just be like, I, at some point, (laughs) I'm gonna go to my grandfather and be like, hey, can I have some chips? And it didn't matter if they were like Lay's or like, you know, ruffles or anything like that, just the regular nature ones, like I'm eating me some chips, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that that probably comes from my grandfather because my parents aren't like big chips people. Actually, that's a damn lot. Every time I buy chips in this house, They are gone. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, I will buy chips and I will go out in the store. Like, through these past few months throughout the pandemic, uh, one of the best thrills I've had is to leave the house and go to the grocery store and buy stuff for... Even if it's for everybody, like, who cares? You know what? Just to be out the house and just kind of help out the fam. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Buy a bag of chips, whether it's uh, from... Uh, Super C, like they have these dollar bags that are like barbecue or or regular, like, you know, the store brand stuff. I'll buy like two or three and I'll just be like, ah, you know, I'll I'll pick at them every few days and all that and everything good and all that. Within like a week they're all gone, you know what I'm saying? because everybody, everybody in this house, my two sisters and my mom and dad, they will each pick at it. So you know what? Maybe this is like a family thing. Maybe we all just love chips.
0: (laughs) I think like I, I would not be surprised if that's not just your family. I feel like chips are I don't know anyone who doesn't like chips, you know? Yeah. Like I'm not always in the mood for chips, but like if chips are in the room and they're open, I will eat them. you know so like i think if i had a steady stream of like readily available chips in my house i would probably not hesitate to snack on them like all the time uh we had um a bag of i think it was like president's choice brand it was a chicago mix popcorn so it was like uh like popcorn with like cheddar powder and popcorn that was caramel corn like mixed in the same bag that was great (laughs) i just it was on sale and i bought it last night and we snacked on it and i was like oh shit i need like six more bags of this i think there is something about the like snack chip in like all of its various capacities that is like insanely cozy for people but you're absolutely right you should not eat a whole large bag in one sitting or you will feel terrible after
2: can i give you my top five chips of all time please do Okay, I put this out on Twitter, uh, I think, last year, and I think it still kind of holds up to this day. Okay. So uh, number five for me, uh, Cape Cod Original Chips. uh, I think those are really good. They are really crunchy. Uh, They can be a little hard on the roof of your mouth, but that's if you're, like, really rushing them in your mouth. So don't do that. Uh, But I think that's an easy number five. Sure. Number four. Um, old fashioned barbecue Lay's chips. Um, the barbecue ones, the standard barbecue ones from Lay's are pretty good, uh, at the Bell Center for games. When you go down into their, uh, I guess kind of eating area, their lounge, uh, you can get yourself a bag of those or regular nature ones on top of the, uh, pretty much world famous hot dogs that they have over there. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read it. There's a, there's an article in the athletic about how famous, the hot dogs at the Bell Center are no. like they're like you'll see like hockey players who are not playing that game or like healthy scratches will come up and will get like a whole bunch of hot dogs and we're not just talking like like you know bums who are never going to play in the NHL we're talking like, like Hall of Famers are coming up and they're getting like a whole bunch of hot dogs even even players I think from the locker room will just be like hey uh, get that rookie to get us some hot dogs like it's it's world famous you know what I'm saying wow. but those barbecue ones are okay but. The old-fashioned barbecue ones from Lay's. Those are good. The orange bag. So that's number four. Number three, uh, this may be an unpopular take. Maybe this is a popular one, but I think because we live in this country, uh, I think it's important (laughs) that we shout these chips out. Uh, Ketchup chips are great. Lay's ketchup chips are great. My sister is uh, shaking her head in disapproval at my (laughs) selection of number three. But let's be real here. Uh, Ketchup chips is something that we should be proud of in this country. There are a lot of things in this country that we probably shouldn't be proud of as we look through our history of uh, racism and all these other atrocities that have happened that we don't talk about.
0: Present of racism and atrocities. But I think one
2: thing we should be proud about, we should be proud about the fact that we have consistently great hockey teams for the Olympics, we are great at winter sports, we have diversity, and we have ketchup chips. Let me put it this way. I have a friend in Washington, DC who wants me to mail him a care package of ketchup chips.
0: It's wild to me because I, you know, growing up here, had ketchup chips as a ready option. I never liked them as a kid. I had some a couple months ago for the first time, probably in like over a decade, honestly, because I just, you know, I thought I didn't like them. And now I like them and I don't know what changed. (laughs) I'm still not seeking (laughs) them out because I'm I'm an all-dressed guy. But like, yeah, I don't know something changed and it is wild to me how everybody I know in the States talks about ketchup chips. Like they're this most magical thing in the universe. And I'm kind of like, I, I, I get the novelty of it. They're good. I don't like, like I respect your top five list. They wouldn't be in mine is all I'm saying.
2: Okay. That's fine. Uh, (laughs) What I'll say is that Americans are very interested in a lot of different things that we have in Canada, Mm -hmm. including Carly Rae Jepsen. I remember being in Syracuse <laughs> and, and having one of my friends be like, "Man, I love Carly Rae Jepsen." I'm like, really? Like, okay. Also, speaking of all dress, you're gonna love my number two because uh, the ruffles all dress chips are number two. Hell honest, yeah!
0: those are my go to chips.
2: Those chips, bang Those are banging <laughs> chips. Like, you know, you get the mixture of everything plus the ridges. Like, come on, come on. That's that's a major key. Those that has to be incredible. Number two. Yeah. And and number one, I mean, it's pretty obvious for me. It's 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 the Doritos, and you don't need to be fancy. I don't need the ketchup chip bag. I don't need the Cool Ranch Doritos. Everybody loves these Cool Ranch Doritos. I don't need that. Give me the regular ones. Sure. You could give me the purple one. You could give me the hot barbecue one. That's okay. Uh, sweet chili heat is also uh, I'll get I'll say it's a top fifteen chip. It's a top fifteen top twenty chip. Sure. But ain't nothing better than the OG. Doritos, like, and I figured out the science, I figured out when you have the uh, Doritos cheese on your fingers, and it gets everywhere, you just kind of rub your fingers together. And then that's an easy way for you to get that cheese dust off, because the dust kind of comes together. And then you can just kind of flick it off. So it's a science, but I figured it out. It took me about 24 years of life to figure that out. But I got it. Julian, so that's my top five. Check. You've done
0: you've done the hard work, so the rest of us don't have to.
2: I don't know, and for man. Like for be grateful In this day and age, I try to I try to learn. I try to try to be a better person every day, and <laughs> I think that's just one of the life skills that I'm very proud to learn.
0: Well, you should be. It's a it's a groundbreaking discovery, frankly.
2: <laughs> You're making it sound like I found a cure for cancer or some shit. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm not saying that loose Cheeto dust or loose Dorito dust causes cancer, but I'm not not saying that. Maybe you did oh
2: my, Wow. Okay. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you got to stop with that. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: <laughs> How is it every time you come on the show, I put words in your mouth? How does this happen I don't know, man. Yeah, I
2: don't know, man. Like, come on, man. Don't get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't will get me in to. trouble, please.
0: I'll try not to get you in trouble. Okay. Uh, we're running out of time. Julian, do you have any final thoughts on comfort food before we wrap up the show? Okay.
2: So I know I spent a lot of time on chips. Um, fries are great. Um, like you go to fast food restaurants or whatever you get yourself some fries uh that's great to do uh whenever whenever I'm in the mood for Chinese food even though it's technically not Chinese general tau chicken you know what I'm saying like sure, come on yeah you know that meat is great anything my mom really makes I just find comfort in that because I know my mom really loves to cook and she went to culinary school and she uh She's really good at it, so I'm really happy about that. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I'm very much on the – I mean, one thing that's kind of slowed me down because of the pandemic is the fact I don't really go out as much. I'm not really, like, hopping from place to place. Sure. But when I am, like, I'm, I'm – I, I, that bag of chips is just nice for me to eat. But I probably shouldn't be eating them that much because I don't want to get to a point where I get, like, bypass surgery and all that and clogged arteries and stuff. And I think my grandfather had one of those surgeries, so maybe I should be careful with my intake.
0: I mean, it's all about balance. You can eat, like, six bags of chips a day as long as you also eat, like, six bags of broccoli. We, we don't sell the broccoli in bags, but you know what I mean. You Don't worry about your chip intake. Just make sure that your other things intake is also there. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> if chips bring you joy, don't worry about heart problems. I mean, worry about heart problems separately. But if chips bring you joy, let them bring you joy.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Especially in these days, man. Anything that could bring us joy, uh, I'm going to take advantage of that. Exactly. Thank you, chips. (laughs) Thanks for giving me joy. Thank you, chips. Uh, If you want to sponsor me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you in part by chips. Just chips. (laughs) Just
2: any brand of chips. The conglomerate (laughs) of chips just coming together. Just be like, all right, we're just going to create this brand chips. And we're going to sponsor this uh, little known uh, weather... Uh, broadcaster and sometimes a uh, sports journalist
0: imagine imagine the weather segment on the news brought to you by yo, chips
2: <laughs> yo there's just like a big banner that shows up at the bottom that's just like bags of chips just spread out it's all We're like uh, hmm, there's a lot of potatoes in this forecast here and uh, we see the uh the, uh, high pressure system just bringing us nothing but spuds for the next few days
0: now if you look over here in this corner of the map you can see we've got a cool ranch front coming in over the east <laughs> oh wow this is dumb uh, a dumb uh, show not show,
2: <laughs> not show average not show average snowstorm oh god
0: <coughs> oh god okay julian we're all out of time <laughs> that, oh, that's I'm where sorry. we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap on dumb weather chip jokes uh julian do you have anything you want to plug before uh before i let you go
2: uh the scrum podcast uh uh follow us wherever you listen to podcasts uh i'm gonna try to uh i'm gonna give you a link tree you know what those link trees are mm,
0: yes i have it on my list to set up link trees for everything i'm doing right now because uh
2: yeah that's you set up a link tree i set up a link tree for the scrum podcast so depending on wherever you listen to the show uh you should be able to connect to that and uh Look out for me on uh, CTV Montreal whenever uh, they need me for weather. Look out for my work in the Canadian Press Newswire. Look out for my work with the Montreal Gazette. Uh, big things are, are, are going on on that front. And on the podcasting uh, front as well, I think I can plug this now. Uh, I'm doing a podcast with Mojo, a sports podcast oh, called the cool. Waterboys Podcast. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be really fun to do. And uh, look out for that in the new year. And there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. I can't talk about it, but... Uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun time.
0: Amazing, and uh, people can follow you on Twitter at JKA McKenzie to stay abreast of all of that as well. Just in case there's things that, because uh, you know you've got so much going on, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. need to to just follow you right
2: in order to get yeah. everything. Yeah, J.K. McKenzie, that's the one place. <laughs> Sweet. Well, Julian,
0: thanks so much. I can't wait to you know be able to hang out in person again and you know share some chips and maybe uh actually go to a Yankees game sometime.
2: <laughs> oh. <sighs> Oh, man, we were supposed to do that last year, this we sure year. Were.
0: we were. Oh, my God. For the listeners, Julian and I had tickets, good tickets, to see the Yankees Very and the good in Montreal, uh, I think a week after the pandemic started, so that game got canceled. Yep,
2: yep, <laughs> yep. It's, it was literally the same month apart. Oh, my God. God, and you know what's crazy now over the summer i bought myself a yankee shirt so uh, hey. when they do come back whether it's through the tampa bay rays or the blue <laughs> jays or whatever
0: uh i will be wearing that with you amazing i'm excited uh, uh, yeah that's that's high on my list of things to do once it's safe to be in crowded areas again
2: yes uh,
0: well you know what maybe sometime before it's safe to be in crowded areas we can watch a game at the same time on
2: zoom <laughs> That's a, that would should be a cool idea kind of do like what the Jesus and marrow actually did that on uh in the pandemic and they watched the game i think with like mark martic sorry i can't believe i'm butchering his name mark tashara they watched a game with him uh for the mlb network That's so maybe funny. we could do that Who yeah knows? yeah we'll figure something out anyway yeah. good talking to you man have a good one hey man good talking to you man congratulations again on
0: 300 episodes thanks and congrats on the 100 coming up
2: Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. We'll talk to you soon.
2: All right, man. Peace. See Take care of yourself. Man. Tell uh, tell everyone to say hey.
0: I will. I'll give Toby a hug for you. Aww.
2: And Tefer, too. Give Tefer a hug as well and Rhea as well. Will do.
0: If you're enjoying this episode so far, Consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for the show to grow, and for the rest of November and December, I'll be donating $2 to the Depot Community Food Center, which is my local food bank here in NDG. It'll take you like two minutes to leave a review, and they can make every dollar be worth like $3 worth of food. Uh, So, you know, every review that you leave is functionally buying like $6 worth of food for people in need. It goes a long way toward helping combat food insecurity on a local level, and it helps our show grow. Everybody wins. Now before we move on from talking about chips, I realize I should at the very least tell you what my favorite chips are. Now I don't have a top 5 list worked out like Julian, maybe I'll work on that this week, but I can tell you that my go-to chips these days are all dressed ruffles and the purple bag barbecue Doritos that Julian alluded to earlier in the episode. I was also a big fan of the limited edition flame grilled cheeseburger ruffles, those were incredible, and I'm kind of really mad that they were limited edition because I can't find them anymore and I need more. If you have a hookup for those and want to give me, a, you know, <laughs> maybe a gift to congratulate me on 300 episodes or an early Christmas present, the address for my P.O. box is in the episode description. I'm dead serious. Please give me some tasty chips. All right, moving on, let's hear from former host of the show, Simon Peltier. Okay, the next person I'm talking to on this, the 300th episode of Up for Discussion, but really kind of the 330-something episode of Up for Discussion. Let's not get into it. You guys, uh, if you've been listening to the show for a very long time, uh, especially those of you who've been listening since the very first episode, will definitely know this next person. Uh, He used to be one of the co-hosts of the show until really not that long ago, Uh, and I am very, very happy to welcome back the prodigal... Bread boy of the podcast, Simon Paltier. (laughs) Hello. Hello.
1: The prodigal bread boy. I'm gonna put that on a business card, I think. You know that's just the best way to wrap me up.
0: You know Hansel and Gretel and how they have to leave a trail of breadcrumbs through the forest so they can find their way home? You're you're that. You're the you're the you're Hansel and Gretel, except you didn't get eaten by a witch. You found your way home
1: i didn't and uh yeah and rather than breadcrumbs i make croutons out of the bread that go stale and then i don't eat so you know yeah close enough i i want how many how many listeners do you expect have been listening since day one kendallin yeah
0: (laughs) hey kendallin maybe patrick maybe patrick actually patrick i think has been around longer yeah
1: how's it going guys I i hope you guys i hope you guys uh didn't miss my voice too much because that would be sad otherwise yeah
0: so what have you been up to welcome back we're in a pandemic. Thanks,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, pa- pan. I mean, I've been pandemizing. That's what I've been up to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know that that weird sort of mix of stressed and bored and anxious yeah. and antsy and like you have all these great ideas and then when it comes time to do it, you're like, no, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna watch all the all the the all the Halloween episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's what I'm gonna do. Fair enough. Or like all the Pontiac Bandit episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Or just more Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've watched, been watching a lot of Brooklyn 99, Nine, which as as I may have said on the podcast before, been doing a lot of anyway. So it's just
0: kind of more of the same. You know, fair enough. I, I think that there is something to yeah. be said for taking this time as a time to just yeah. kind of like do what you gotta do. do get up. And, yeah, yeah, and stagnate a little yeah. bit. I think it's a good time for stagnating, honestly. I
1: I mean, yeah, <laughs> cause there's not a ton of demand for stuff, especially for us. <clears throat> Pinkies up. Creative types. Thesbians. Um, <laughs> Thesbians. From the island of Thesbos. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I, you know, since my last appearance on the podcast, which I don't quite remember when it was, and now I have started making bread, mm-hmm. which is where the long-lost bread boy is. And I've, I have honestly found that to be one of the most, like, soothing and centering and grounding things that I can do. There's something really nice about like working with like organic matter with your hands Mm. uh you know i i think it's it feels related to me to people who garden a lot because they're working in i i just feel like there's something primal you know about like base ingredients like i think that's what people love woodworking too because there's something like timeless and you just like it's simple and you work with your hands and then you get a result at the end and in my case the result is delicious
0: when you do woodworking when i do woodworking yes yeah you
1: would, cherry wood especially tastes like vanilla pudding.
0: Yeah. You know, I'd believe it. I've smoked with cherry yeah. wood
1: before. And uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to
0: me. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, not, do
1: not eat cocoa wood though. That one tastes like poo.
0: Oh, well, the more you know. <laughs> the more you know.
1: The more you know.
0: Yeah. So, so obviously um, people are listening to this. They saw the episode title. They know this episode is about comfort food. Uh, and so when I pitched that to mm-hmm. you, I made sure to tell you that it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you like consider comfy to eat but can also be something that you find comfy to do to, to, to cook yeah. to prepare uh, yeah. kind of in a leading question way because I had a feeling that like you would want to talk about bread making because you've been yeah. making a lot of bread and um, and I, I I think I've said this to you before, certainly in text for, but maybe not ever on the air. And I'm trying to make a <laughs> habit of like, you know, telling people the things that I think are cool about them on the air sometimes so that they feel <laughs> good about themselves. Um, and I, I think a thing that I've always like known to be true about you is that you're someone who delights in process and you're someone who like... That's true does a very good job with things once you like dig into the process and like set your mind to things and i've always Mm -hmm. been really impressed by your ability to decide like i'm gonna get good at making bread or i'm gonna get good at woodworking or uh, i don't know have you gotten good at Gardening, or was that just a third example that you chose again? <laughs> uh, it, was,
1: it was just kind of a third example. Fair I've, I've <laughs> wanted to get into gardening, but there's not there's not a ton of gardening space when you live in apartments. Right. But, you know, I have plants in the apartment, and they're in pots, and that's nice to do and to have. Sure, yeah. But, uh, yeah, delighting in process is a very good way to put it. Hmm. The result of whatever it is I'm doing is very important to me, and, and whether I succeed or fail is you know, it does affect my mood and how much I love doing something. Sure. But it is it is true that I'm much more interested in doing the thing well, like, which to me is different from succeeding because, like, I could just make bread, right? I could just, like, find the simplest bread recipe, make it, and be like, i make bread. But I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to get to the basics. I want to understand exactly, like, how to break this apart. I wanted, I want to have, like, I want to know, like, why do I have to have like an oval shaped bread basket versus a round one and like what is a kneading do and like i want to understand all this stuff so that i can then just do it right you know and i i think like similar with like woodworking you know like i've i've wanted to i've started with like really really simple stuff so that i can understand like what are the basic premises of things like joinery and what are the basic you know like how like how, how do i assemble things and you know like it, it's just yeah, delighting in process I think is a really good way to put it.
0: Yeah, well I think that makes sense. Like I think that there is it's like you said there there is something about you know you can you can find satisfaction in just getting a thing done, but there's mm-hmm. also something really satisfying in taking the time to really like <laughs> yeah make sure you're doing it well you know and that's not yeah. to say that every loaf of bread is going to be perfect you're going to have you know <laughs> no. there's going to be days where you're going to fuck up there's going to be days where oh, like, i have the I have. yeast just like decides to screw you over like it, the bread is temperamental yeah. but like it's, yes it is yeah you know it, it's it's still like doing something doing something with your hands doing something that like requires an understanding of the process behind it i think it's it's satisfying on a different level from like yeah just like checking boxes and getting something done. Yeah,
1: and there was, like, something about feeling really proud of what I did, mm-hmm. and I think that that, like, to me, that is beyond just getting the thing done. Like, I want the thing, I want to be able to look at it, and, and a part of me feels like, this is me. Like, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a part of me in this, and I didn't do it where my, like, with my mind elsewhere or my heart elsewhere. I did it, like, focused, and I did it, I did it loving it, and yeah. I think that's, that's the most important thing for me. And that's why like, you know, that's also why uh, I've been writing this stupid play for three years now, almost four years, because it's like, it's, it's a very, I'm, I'm trying to keep a lot of the, the, the things sort of private until it's done, but like, sure. it's a very, it's a very personally important play that I think deserves to be, to be made with care and to be, to be made with, with attention and be made well, both well written and also respecting a lot of, the 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 subject matter you know and and if it's going to take four years five years then god damn it it'll take that long but when it'll be done it's going to win a governor general's award
0: <laughs> I've i'm gonna a, do it i've won a governor general's award so let me tell you it's a good time
1: you've wait you've won one
0: wait no what's the one that they give to high school students I do that's don't know. the no? L- lieutenant governor general there we go
1: <laughs> uh oh you want to oh everybody gets a lieutenant yeah. governor general. they just hand those out they have a quota they just have to give them
0: it's uh i think it's it's one per high school or two per high school per year or something Anyway,
1: <laughs> whatever it is yeah yeah whatever it is oh, to goodness. our to our american to, to our american friends i don't know how to describe to you what a governor general <laughs> award is it's prestigious is yeah. what i'll say and it's it's, it's, it's an it's honor it's not it's not even it's not even like a like a like a gold record thing or platinum where it's just like oh or like new york times bestseller where you sold more than whatever it's like the governor general is a person who represents the queen and they read your thing and they went that guy or person that person deserves a stamp yeah and then you get a stamp (laughs) on your book and it's like gold or silver i don't remember Maybe there's like maybe there's medals, you know, gold, silver, bronze. Maybe, yeah. But it's uh, it's it's a it's it's kind of like the medal of freedom. Is that what it's called in the U.S. <laughs> the one that the one maybe. that presidents give people?
0: Maybe I like to think of it almost like a key to the city, where <laughs> it doesn't really it, like it matters exactly zero. But yeah. like people are but like proud of you for having it.
1: Yeah, but it's it's awarded to it's awarded to to a thing rather than to a person. Right. You know, so it's like. It's not, it, I don't get the Governor General's award, that, or I don't get the key to the city, it's the book that gets the key to the city. Right. And so the book the book can go wherever it wants, and every I, I think that's what the key to the city is, you can just go wherever you want.
0: Yeah, a, people are legally a, obligated to let you into their homes.
1: It's a passkey to everywhere. Yeah. You want to go to the zoo? Go to the zoo. You want to go to the bank? Go to the bank. You want to go inside the vault? You got it. You got a key to the city. Go that's for it. it. That's
0: it. If yeah. the vault is inside the city, then the the vault is yours that's how that works where
1: where where do you think where do you think the 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 line for where the city ends where your key doesn't apply anymore
0: the suburbs the suburbs yeah yeah so
1: okay so once you're in the suburbs, you're in the clear.
0: I think once you're in the clear, once you're like so you know how like people from the West Island say they're from Montreal, but like they're not. right. Like I think that once you're in a borough that has to have a different name than, than the name of the city, written in your like mailing address, yeah. you're outside of the bounds of the city, even if you're I like gotcha. in the greater area. Yeah, yeah, yeah so actually i guess or, i would or, i would argue that verdun maybe also even though verdun i think of as being <laughs> like verdun's weird because verdun is so very much part of montreal but still like yes in its mailing addresses you have to put verdun
1: you have to put verdun and we have our own mayor <laughs> yeah like, I, you know
0: <laughs> well that's <laughs> Which, it.
1: actually i think i think every borough has their own mayor i'm sure ndg has a mayor also i
0: think so yeah
1: yeah i i love that this topic started with how do we relate to americans and then went back to highly montreal specific well you know
0: the, that's okay you know, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we can we that's can fine. go local we can go local and we can go broad it's 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 you know it's important yeah. everybody listening i'm sure has similar things it's, where they look at universal. their city and they're like it's that's a not part of my yeah. city <laughs> yeah
1: people people in vancouver are going yeah that's like gas town yeah mountain heights east van those are all the ones i know i mean i'm sure there's also a west van south van and north van i would assume please yeah. correct me if you're from vancouver and you're listening to me
0: surrey it's another one. Oh, Langley. surrey
1: burnaby yeah is another one
0: yeah yeah vancouver island yeah different from vancouver city but same name so yep. the key the key still applies it's it's like vancouver washington it's different from the other vancouver still applies yeah. place. and you know what? You know
1: what? The key to the city to Montreal also applies to Montreal Lake Saskatchewan. Yeah.
0: So, that's a real place. Look it up. That's it. We don't talk about this enough. But if you get the key to the city to Ottawa, Canada, you also have the key to the city to Ontario, California. It's confusing. I don't know how that's it happened true. that way, but hey, mm-hmm. you know what? You're you're just a quick hop and a drive from Anaheim at that point, and uh, you can go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. You can go to VidCon if it ever happens again in person. You got a I'm whole sure lot I'm sure. will options. at some point. Oh, probably, probably yeah, sooner than the pandemic lot, is over. Lots of things are happening
1: in Anaheim. I'm sure there's a there's a thriving foodie scene in Anaheim. Also,
0: ah, you know, maybe when I was in Anaheim, I just ate at Denny's a lot. Yeah, but that's a choice, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that was a choice. Not... It was a very deliberate choice. <laughs> David and I went to Denny's like six times in a weekend.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a decision that you made. It wasn't. It's not like you looked. You looked in the vast, sprawling city of Anaheim and saw just the one sign and no other restaurants and you thought, "Well, that's where we
0: go." We stepped out of our hotel and we looked right and saw there was a Denny's and a IHOP like on the same block and we said, "All right. <laughs> let's make this happen." Uh, I'm
1: I'm I'm surprised you didn't go on like a comparison journey to go like one like breakfast I'm getting scrambled at Denny's and then lunch I'm getting scrambled at IHOP and then dinner,
0: I don't know. Uh, we that's a coin. We did definitely go to IHOP once and then we went to Denny's the rest yeah. of the time. So that yeah. tells you, that tells you how that comparison went. <laughs> okay. You know,
1: I'm, I'm sure I, I don't want to speak too ill of Anaheim. I'm sure they have an olive garden.
0: Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Carl's junior too. We went to a Carl's junior at one point. Got some oh, bad tacos. Oh, that, that sounds awful. I'm very sorry to hear that. It was a time. Um, so, yeah. so Simon, uh, coming back to the yes. sort of comfort food side of things, obviously, yeah, uh, I'm guessing you started baking bread in quarantine like everybody else. Or did this start a little I bit did, before that? I did. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, my my desire to start bread started a long time ago when sure. our mutual friend Jake Jake Weens started making bread. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I'm sure you have experienced, his bread is
0: incredible. Jake makes good bread. Um, Jake is Jake another one of those people who, uh, not to isolate the audience, but Jake Weens is uh, actually, <laughs> you know what, audience? If you want to know who Jake Weens is, I've linked him. Uh, he does a lot of music stuff. I've linked him in the description of this episode. There. Now you're looped he does in
1: a lot of music stuff I he does a lot of music stuff that I don't understand yeah he's a uh, jazz musician you know you know but like but even beyond jazz musician he'll be like I'm mix, I'm messing with like micro tritones in this one well like isn't and he doing like, his master's
0: don't... in music theory or something I feel like that was the I thing. think
1: he has he has his master's in music theory. there we go
0: anyway yeah. Jake is another person who uh who delights yes. in process actually yes yeah
1: and so I actually, I bought the same bread book that he had when he started making bread right um and have been have been learning a lot through that and through. He actually gave me some yeast a couple years ago that I tried using beginning of the pandemic, and it did not work because yeast has a shelf life. Yep. Um, <laughs> and it it's it's alive, and if it's alive, that means it dies at some point. It sure which does. Which it did. Yep.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I gotta
1: say my 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 first couple attempts at bread. Um, resulted in uh, Lauren and I eating a lot of flatbread. Mm, okay, um, which which you think is going to be really good until you realize that like your sort of nan-shaped, nan-sized piece of bread is actually is a full loaf, but it's just compressed. Mm. Mmm. So it's really dense and really heavy. Yeah. And we got tired of it real fast.
0: I feel like when that Um, happens, you turn that into croutons, because I think that could be salvaged as croutons, but maybe not actually used as a flatbread. Maybe. We
1: just, I mean, fortunately after that,
0: I became successful. There we go.
1: Never never encountered that problem since. Yeah, so bread is one of my comfort things and comfort foods. Mm. Another thing that I love doing that really like brings me back to myself weirdly enough yeah. is folding laundry sure and and maybe that's like an uh, an extension of in general like organizing is something that brings me brings me at peace very much sure. i what, what, one thing that has arisen in, in in my quarantine life is i am i am 99 sure that i live with add sure you know and i i that was quite a that was quite a a, a process to, to undergo and to to sort of recognize because I always kind of lived with a lot of a lot of shame and a lot of like sort of self-disdain because there's a lot of things that I felt like I wasn't able to do and a lot of things that friends would tell me that I would forget and mm. tasks that I couldn't do and it was hard for me to focus. And it wasn't until like I think Lauren was just straight up like, Do you think you might have ADD? And I was like, I don't know, I never thought of that. Mm. And then I like started reading up about it and Almost every every time I read up about it, I would start crying because I like was like, This is it. This right. is I don't I'm not just a bad person. I have a condition. Yeah. And so like my my uh, one of my family members is a, a school psychologist and I've been talking to them a fair amount about that. Um so like I'm I'm essentially just lacking a, a, a formal diagnosis. Right, which yeah. Then might lead to medication, which would be really interesting to to try out. But All that to say that, like, because my brain feels like a jumble when my environment isn't, that brings me a lot of peace, and it makes, in fact, it's a lot easier for then my brain to settle, because if, like, my desk is a mess, then every time I look over to grab a pen, I'm going to see all of the seven things that are in the way and think of where those things should go, and that thing should go in here, and I have to deal with that, and, you know, and so, like, keeping things clear and keeping things, like, well-organized helps keep me focused, and I think folding laundry is something similar to that where i'm like bringing order to disorder right all all my shirts are like nicely folded and rolled up and they all like fit perfectly in the in my in my dresser drawer and they're all like you know i have like a perfect gradient of white to black t-shirts <laughs> like white black and then a bunch of shades of gray in the middle which brings that. me a lot of joy to look <laughs> at and yeah there's just like i'll i'll put on a tv show or a movie and i'll i've watched a lot of movies and tv shows while folding laundry and usually i'll like have a beer and some chips and whatever and i'll just like do that and then my cat comes and we hang out and we cuddle for a little bit and it's like it's it's not a fast process but i like that it's not a fast process i like that that it it's you know it's the thing that gets me to slow down that that takes my time working with my hands again
0: yeah Um, i mean honestly i think I think finding things where... Again, this comes back to the whole process thing. Finding things where the process takes time can be such a... I mean, one, it can be a really relaxing thing, obviously. But two, it can actually, I think, be really healing. Like I've been thinking about that a lot with this show because this show obviously has gone through a lot of iterations in 300 episodes and and formats have changed and sort of everything about it has changed Mm kind of gradually. And like where it currently is is that I feel like I'm putting a lot more thought and intention behind every episode than I used to or than I ever have, frankly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. there's something really good for me in that, you know, where every episode that I put out, I'm like, Oh, this is like, I've actually like put more of myself into this than I used to. I, I'm invested in this. It brings me joy and it brings me peace. And like, it's more work than it's ever been before. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. scheduling is crazier because I'm booking guests for, you know, shorter time slots all over the place and we're doing one-on-one calls and it's, you know, it's not just, okay, everybody show up at six o'clock on a Monday like it used to be for four years. It's, It's very, you know, it's hectic, but it's hectic in a way that like... I'm I'm enjoying the process of it a lot more and I'm I'm putting that time wow. in and I'm <clears throat> I'm finding myself sitting and thinking and being like more thoughtful about things which like mm. I find really interesting because when I shifted to food as the like main theme for the show I was kind of thinking I was doing that so that the show wouldn't get too heady <laughs> cuz there was a part right. of me that was getting yeah. really overwhelmed by like the sort of you know, I think when I think of like season four of Upper Discussion or whatever, it it was very like sort of justice oriented and like personal growth oriented, which was really great. But when the pandemic mm. hit, it was hard to do that without it getting really heavy every single episode. And uh, yeah, and so sure. I was like, it'll be lighter if I talk about food. But now I'm sitting and every episode I'm like, oh, I really want to like like break the barriers of people's hearts by talking to them about the food that they love and i want to hear stories i mean stories the, the, the weight of
1: people's <laughs> through their stomach that's a that's a widely well-reported well-established thing you know? well that's
0: it but we, I all, just, we all know yeah and that's it and i find it so funny that like this thing that i did that like honestly like was at least partly to make this easier for me has become something that i'm putting so much of myself into and so much like love and care and attention to detail with that uh yeah i'm just uh i think that there is something really cool about about finding those things that you can do that like do that for you you know yeah yeah i think (laughs) i think laundry is similar for me i just don't get to do it as often because uh toby really likes to help and i say help in air quotes there because (laughs) he uh he's not helpful (laughs) um no i mean
1: it he's not at an age where he really can be
0: no he's at an w- with, age where he really wants things, to be really. <laughs> yeah he yeah. Uh, he he's okay at like you know if i give him something of his and ask him to put it in his drawer he can do that it won't stay folded oh good but like yeah he can do it no but he likes to take yeah. initiative and like you know one day that's going to serve him really well right now it's really awful. <laughs>
1: because he will like you know remove trash from the trash can or you know want to put the knives on the counter whatever
0: yeah well he like brought an open like a large open carton of juice into the studio yesterday because he wanted some juice Uh, And i was like i appreciate that you're like making an effort here but like if you spill this juice on the equipment i'm gonna charge you a 300 hundred dollar fine the paper's been on the wall for like years (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah i I think there's something really Mm -hmm. uh there's something really beautiful about finding those things that let you like have that moment and have that order mm-hmm. and have that, that comfort. So I'm glad that you've uh, you've managed yeah. to to find those things and, and have and there's been able to have that comfort I, during this crazy time.
1: Yeah. And there's there's something um have I ever talked to you about Richard Rohr? Maybe I have, maybe, maybe. I have, anyway. The, the name is really familiar. I've been, uh, I've been reading some of his stuff and, and listening to some of his podcasts. He's a Franciscan friar whose writings resemble a lot of, like, sort of Eckhart Tolle and that sort of um, general, like, sphere of, like, uh, sort of mysticism and, like, openness to present moment and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-judgmental acceptance. Uh, even though he's Franciscan, there are times when you almost <laughs> feel like he's a Buddhist. Okay. And uh, and if you ask him, he'll be like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, <laughs> uh, but what one thing he says a lot is how you do anything is how you do everything. Hmm. You almost you don't want it to be true because it's so challenging to hear, but like it's it's true that if if you like once you start to incorporate intention and like slowness and attention to what you do, then it becomes a lot easier or it just like slowly starts to bleed into everything else that you do. Like you start to do everything else like really well and you start to do everything else like stopping to pay attention to make sure that you're doing it the right way Mm -hmm. and 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 i and i think that that also like brings brings about a little bit more empathy because you go like if i speak this way is it gonna like is is that gonna be hurtful is that the best way to express what i'm trying to say and then you know yeah how you do anything is how you do everything and i think that's that's a very challenging thing to kind of remind yourself and be like you know, if, there, if there's a moment when you get really, really angry at, at whatever, at nothing, then you go like, wait, no, how do I want to do this? Mm-hmm. And then you can, you know.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that that speaks to, there's a lesson that I... Like, learned at some point in life and have kind of tried to apply, like, and I think I'm better at applying it to like little things than I am at applying it to big Mm -hmm. picture things, but it's something that I work on. Uh, And it's this idea of considering the next. So, so, you know, really to simplify it a lot, if you go to the bathroom and uh, you're out of, you like notice that the toilet paper is about to run out, you know, it's not out, Mm -hmm. there's, there's four squares left on it. You could leave the room. And the next person could come in and probably be fine. But what I try to do is always be like, okay, well, if I'm considering the next person who comes in here, they might need five squares. So I'm going to bring a new roll of toilet paper in here, even though Mm -hmm. I didn't finish this one and I'm going to set it on top of the toilet or, you know... If I notice that, like, we're getting low on soap, I will go refill the soap. Like, it's, it's you know, I, all these examples yeah. are bathroom examples, but it's the kind of thing where, mm. <laughs> you know, if you make a mess in the bathroom, you know, water will dry up off the sides of the sink, but, like, maybe you know that the next person coming in, like, might have a book and want to set it down on the counter. Like, okay, mm. well, you can wipe the yeah. counter. You know, it takes, like, two seconds. And doing little yeah. things like that, I think, is a is a mindfulness thing that I do as much as I can anyway, where Mm. I try to stop in any given moment before I leave a space and say, am I considering the next person entering this space? (laughs) And uh, I think where where I struggle with that is that I don't ever consider myself as the next person entering the space. Ah, uh, yeah. So if it's a space yeah. that, like, only I use, I'm pretty, like, terrible at that. Uh, <laughs> and that starts to kind of, you know, spiral. And obviously it's one of those things where, you know, on a on any given day I might do a better job at it than others. But, uh, but yeah. Sure, of
1: course. And, like, and there, like it, it, it can be really easy to excuse those little things away by saying, like, I'm really busy or I'm doing more important things or, or you know, what all, like but there there is something you know and it's similar with me with like keeping things kind of tidy and organized right is like like those small details like a, paying attention to those small details puts you in the habit of paying attention to to small details in more places and in in more situations and then it becomes easier to pay attention to the small details of like if if a friend kind of says like hey that thing was kind of hurtful you're not going to excuse it away as much by being like, but I'm saying a bigger, more important thing. You can be like, okay, no, I hear you. I'm sorry. Right. Um, like what, you know, I uh, yeah, I don't know. It's how you
0: do anything. is how you do everything. That's just, that's how it is. It keeps coming back to that. Yeah. You know? Well, I like that uh, a lot, but I, I think that's a, a really valuable lesson to learn. And, uh, thank you for sharing it i'm always happy to come come to me for all your all your needs on mysticism
1: and, uh, and all that stuff and i'm super i'm here for it simon peltier local mystic what was it prodigal long lost bread boy local mystic i'm into it
0: future gardener it.
1: young john ham
0: thesbian, <laughs> etc <cetera. laughs>
1: I do want I do want to talk about food though cuz we haven't really done that. You and I share a very deep love for barbecue. True. And and living in the north as we do, there is a <laughs> there's there's not as much of an abundance of that. Yeah. But the couple places that do it do it really really well. Like you're close to Bowfinger mm-hmm. in ndg and I am close to Blackstrap in Verdun. Um have you ever been to Triple Crown in Little Italy? I have not and I actually haven't been to Blackstrap oh. yet either. I, I know you haven't been to Blackstrap, but Triple Crown is I think possibly the best barbecue in Montreal. Okay. Easy. They so they're they're in Little Italy, right across from the park. So they do this actually very cute thing where you can go and and um, get your food no in non-pandemic times you get your food in a picnic basket and then you go across the street and they'll give you like glasses and plates and all your foods in there and you can oh it's so good some of the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. Mm, okay, I'm gonna yeah, check man. this out once. Uh yeah once i can go to little Italy again <laughs> yeah but i think like it's it's so interesting to me that you know we've been talking about like a lot of slow things and like the whole thing of barbecue is you cook it low and slow and right. it's like you you get a piece of meat that that is almost otherwise unedible because it's so tough but then you like just cover it lather it and all this beautiful juicy warm spices and then you put it somewhere and you don't touch it for like 18 hours in some cases <laughs> and then it comes out and it's oh it like melts and you're like a good brisket that just mm-hmm. like oh my god yeah oh now i want blackstrap i think i'm gonna order black strap when this is done because like ah
0: oh. <laughs> i'm jealous i uh maybe i'll order some bowfinger <laughs> i uh yeah oh, i do it i will say like the the pandemic gave me the opportunity to grill a lot more this summer than I might have otherwise. Um, Also getting a grill gave me the opportunity to grill a lot more this summer than I would have. And uh, yeah, that, that is one of those things where, I mean, again, it comes back to that, you know, joy in the process thing where it does take so long, you know, it, sometimes you start grilling in like the middle of the afternoon. And by the time you put the fire out, it's nighttime and it's like, okay, I just Mm -hmm. spent like four or five hours outside (laughs) and like basically have just been like, you know, you don't necessarily have to focus a hundred percent on the, on the grilling. Like there's a lot of right. downtime. You can read, you can mm-hmm. listen to things, you can, you know, watch a baseball game on your phone yeah. or whatever, but like you spending that much time in a dedicated way, at least like working on food for yourself is something that I think is really, really important and really beautiful. Yeah. And even, and even if it's not
1: barbecue and it's just like, you know, cooking for yourself, there is, I love that. Like, that's that's one of the things I do for myself too. When I really want to like reconnect and, and slow down a little bit, is like just like I'll, I'll pick a meal and then <clears throat> I'm 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 quite fortunate that I live close to like several um, good quality markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can go and get all these like nice fresh local ingredients and then I come back home and I'll make uh, like like whatever it is. I like I don't know. I want to make some baked salmon. I'll make some baked salmon. Or right. I want to make roasted Brussels sprouts. I'll do that. But there's like you know and then you look at it and you're done and it's delicious and you know you made it and you're proud of it yeah and that's that's i think that that's that's my favorite part of it for me is knowing it's like being proud that i can make some great stuff
0: yeah that's it Being you you know that you have accomplished a thing and even though it's not a thing that is permanent it's a thing that is like important you know yeah yeah i love that Simon, thank you so much for uh, for phoning in for uh, for this episode. Do you um do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to plug before I let you go?
1: This was good. I like this. I like doing this. This
0: yeah, is fun. Me too. I'll get you back soon.
1: And uh, everybody, just uh, take care of yourselves. Do things you love. Say hello to people you love and tell them you love them.
0: Yeah. Speaking of people we love, um, do you have uh, anybody you love who maybe has uh, new music out that you want to plug? <laughs> like a fiance yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh
1: so my my wonderful incredibly talented fiance Lauren Taggart has has uh, at this at this point it's been it's been a few weeks by the time this comes out but mm-hmm. she's just released a new single called The River that is getting a lot it's a lot of acclaim it's very very good touching song very beautiful and if if you have time to go read a couple there's like a lot of People that are writing articles about it and the story behind it and the story behind the recording of it too is very beautiful and very very touching and, and I felt so honored to be to see a lot of it happen mm. and, and to watch her create this song and to, to like it, in several cases be in the studio with her while she's doing that and creating that um, yeah check her out she's really great go give her some love go yeah. give her a, go tell your lover go do tell your lover and be don't be not creepy about it when you do it you yeah know? just yeah. go tell you. <laughs> Important. Go tell her you love her in a non creepy way.
0: Yeah. I'll uh, I'll make sure there's a link to uh I think I've only been able to listen to it on Spotify. Do you know offhand uh, if it's, it's available anywhere else?
1: I'm pretty sure it's all over. Okay. Um
0: I'm just bad at yeah. finding music. But I'll I'll at least include <laughs> the Spotify enough. link and uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would actually yeah. I would echo that. Um People should, uh, if you're interested in hearing about the story behind the song and you should be, cause it's very interesting. Uh, I, I did read a couple of the articles, uh, that came up when I was trying to find the song anywhere other than <laughs> Spotify. Cause I didn't feel like opening my <laughs> Spotify app <laughs> and, uh, it is very cool. It's, uh, yeah. Lauren is so awesome. I can't wait to, uh, when this pandemic Lauren, is over, I cannot wait to best. get to know her better. On, dude.
1: She's so great, man. Yeah. <laughs> If you, if you want someone who's, who's like filled with cool stories, you talk to her, you put her, put her in front of a mic and you go like, tell me about your, the
0: best camping
1: trip you've ever had. And then that's, that's going to be a couple hours of just a bunch of different stories. And that's it. That's the kind of person is, and I love her.
0: I'm going to keep that in mind next time. I'm looking for guests.
1: <laughs> do that. Well, right. thank you so much. This was, I always love doing this. It's Thanks. Good to Emma. be back.
0: I miss you. I'm looking forward right. to, uh, I miss you too. being able to eat together again someday. Oh,
1: let's do it. Okay.
0: Hey. Take it easy. Have a good one.
1: All right.
0: See ya. you too. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening to up for discussion. Do you have a favorite comfort food? Tell me all about it on Twitter and Instagram at down with talking. If you like this episode and want to help make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash up for discussion to donate for as little as a dollar a month. You'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, Erica, and Chantal patrons get access to our discord server, the ability to request topics for episodes of the show invites to exclusive zoom dinner parties, and so much more. Again, that's patreon.com slash up for discussion. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Tee Public. And of course, you can support the show for free by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Please, please do that. It is the best way for the show to grow, and I really, really need your help with that. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links to support both of them in the description of this episode, and I would highly recommend it. I know Dave just recently updated his website, and uh, it is really awesome. Love those guys, so go check out all of that. There will also be links to everything that Julian and Simon and I discussed in this episode in the description as well for ease of access. Last but not least, this show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalat, and I as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. See you next week. You understand.
1: It just takes a little time. It takes a little time.
0: Hello, my name is Stefan, and I am the host of a show called Some Good Friends, and it's a podcast, and it will make you laugh, and we talk to some of my good friends, and they're crazy and hilarious and wacky, and you're going to love them just as much as I do. Currently, while I'm recording this, I forgot to mute all my other takes, so
2: I'm hearing myself say different words in my ears. The show comes out every Monday, weekly. Hi there, I'm Nick Hughes, the son. And I am James Hughes, the father. Together, we co host Canada's Young Leaders, a podcast exploring bold ideas for our country's future. Our third and final season focuses specifically on climate change how we got here and
1: where we need to go.
2: We'll be speaking with young environmental leaders about the roles of governments, corporations, and individuals in combating this crisis, and also thinking about the role of the COVID 19 pandemic in the climate movement. So, If you're someone who is concerned about climate change and wants to learn more, check out Canada's Young Leaders, a very proud member of the Upford Network.